Welcome to this podcast series from Review of Optometric Business. I'm Roger Mummert, Content Director. In this 20-minute session, we'll hear from Dr. Mark Wright, Professional Editor of Review of Optometric Business. Dr. Wright and I will speak about new and emerging pathways to optometric practice. We'll talk about putting data to work to grow your practice, and we'll talk about practice transitions, strategies for buyers and sellers. Mark, we recently did a study on trends in optometry, and we like to look into our review of optometric business crystal ball from now and uh, now and again. And we looked at the eye care needs of America, and pretty uh, significantly, demand for medical eye care uh, growing at two point eight percent versus uh, growth of comprehensive eye exams over the next several years at one percent. So that's threefold growth over refractive. Medical over refractive, yes, pretty significant, uh, and it points to a lot of, of different opportunities that exist for practitioners willing and able to get into what vision therapy, dry eye, concussion therapy, myopia management, all sorts of new things that are opening up. What are the practical steps that a practitioner needs to do to be ready to capture opportunities in that in those areas? And uh, what's the what's the return on investment as we always look at? Oh, sure. The, uh, the first place is always education. You have to understand what it is you're trying to uh, treat and how you diagnose it and then treat it. Uh, then you move from there to systems. What systems would I put in the practice in order to be ready for that patient when they come in so that I can efficiently deal with them in identifying those people who have problems, sorting out from the general population those people who have specific issues I can address, and then putting them into a, a uh, treatment program, which means that you need to have systems involved in there to just take them through. And the reason for systems is not because it's not a cool thing for the doctor to sit down and go, oh, I want to run these three. No, no. It's far better to have your staff prepared so you can say to your staff, okay, we're at stage one. I want you to take them through stage one. And they know exactly what that means, exactly how to build that, and exactly how to schedule them back for additional care. So you're talking about the skills of a manager, and you impart those skills in the practice management program that you had at the Ohio State uh, uh, School of Optometry. Um, what about for the, the emerging practitioner, let's say, that's more of an employee type than an entrepreneurial type? How do they get involved in capturing these kind of growth opportunities, perhaps not from an ownership point of view, but from a, a professional development point of view? Great question, because when you're in an employee relationship, you've got to make sure that anything you're doing above and beyond what you've been agreed to do from the start, for example, I want to add dry eye care to, uh, to the practice. You need to go to the owners and sit down with the owners and lay it out and say, this is what I'd like to do. Here's how I'd like to implement it. How can we work together to see that this happens and make sure the employer gives you the blessing to take that next step. What is the importance of a residency postgraduate in developing a specialty? And does that make you more saleable to certain types of practices? So part of that is maturity of the, of the uh, condition. So if, if you've got uh, something like dry eye that's been around for a while now, we are starting to see some newer technology, some less expensive technology come out to address that. Um, I would make the argument that the, the specialist with a, uh, with a master's degree isn't as valuable as they used to be. 
But if it's a brand new condition, it's, it's something that we, we have uh, very little understanding about in the general population, now that person is special. And, and as a special person, you bring them in and they can build something for you. From a practical point of view, and you put students out into the real world every year, um, in doing a, in a sense, a fifth year residency, are they taking a hit financially? And will that pay off for them uh, either financially or in terms of uh, the, uh, uh, the satisfaction level with their career? So, so let's think about two branches from there. The, the number one branch that people do when they get an advanced degree is they either go into education or industry. And so their path in those two places are, are going to be very different than, let's say, a path through independent practice. Um, we know that in, in general, uh, that extra year is going to cost them, their wage is not going to be what it would have been had they gone into private practice, let's say or even employed practice, um, they're gonna have less. And if you really understand money, the time value of money over time, that hurts them long-term because you're starting out with less and it's gonna take you longer. So if I'm doubling my money every seven years and they delay a year to start that process in the end of the career where the money is getting bigger at a much faster rate, they're gonna be a little slower and have to work a little longer to get where they need to be. The way around that for them is if they can start out after they get through their program and they take on a position where they're actually paid more than someone who would have come right out of school because they became more valuable. Then they've caught up and we're, we're going to see a good, uh, a good growth across their career. You know, in terms of realizing that greater value, if it, that is a product of, uh, of a residency, does the graduate need to be flexible in terms of where they seek opportunity? And I say this because we've talked about some divisions between rural America Absolutely. and metro areas that have a wealth of doctors where people generally want to live and rural areas that may be hurting for uh, medical services of all sorts. Absolutely. And it, it's, uh, um, it's all about the quality of life. I always boil it down to that. You know, where do you want to live and how do you want to live? And most importantly, where does your significant other want to live? And if it's not in the same place that you are, within two to three years, they will be where they want to live and you'll be where you are. So choose carefully because it does have long-term life impacts. How often, uh, how common is it for folks to get together in, uh, in optometry school and, and then okay. seek together a position at a, at a practice? That happens a lot. Yeah, that's... Uh, we're seeing a couple of trends we see, are, which are interesting trends, is that one. We're seeing uh, people, uh, people go out and, and work together or work in the same town separately, but in the same profession. And, and the other trend that I think is a, a very interesting trend and a helpful trend to watch is uh, several women are going together and purchasing a practice as a single doctor. So instead of working five days a week, maybe two people work uh, each one works three, one works two. So they fill the full-time equivalent position, but they do it with multiple people. That's interesting. We've seen that kind of a model. Two women that graduated SUNY together went back to yes. a town that was uh, oversaturated with, with opticals. And so they opened a practice with no optical, concentrating on vision therapy, yes. but worked at other practices. Right. Um, at the same time as the two of them covered for one another and filled out a full week yeah. until they could build up their, uh, their patient base. A fascinating approach to it. And it points to a lot of opportunities that perhaps are overlooked. 
I was recently at a, at a job fair in optometry school, and they had representation there, not just from uh, private and uh, corporate doctors, but someone from the industry did research, someone from a hospital system. Um, they're adding, I think, the next year, somebody from the military. That's a, that's a pretty common destination, uh, is it not, for it is, uh, your yeah. graduates? Yeah, we'll see about 10% of our graduates go military in some form or fashion, and that's, that's you know, it, it helps with them uh, paying for some of the education as, as, the, as the person's coming through, so their debt load is far less, and they just have an obligation for a, a number of years, and some of them love it so much they continue to make a, an entire career out of it. So, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, it's definitely one of the options available out there that's, that's a strong and, and good one. Thank you for listening. Please watch for other podcasts from Review of Optometric Business.